Welcome to Connected. I am your host, Rudy J. Today, I am joined by Olivia Urquhart. So Liv is a movement teacher and registered massage therapist here in Ottawa. She's been in the health and wellness space for seven years and has dedicated her educational background to the health sciences. She started with an undergraduate degree in human kinetics and proceeded to explore massage therapy. She's a big traveler and passionate about yoga and movement flows and recently completed her 200 hour YTT. She now shares this passion with her students and her community. Her background is athletic and she specializes in prevention and prenatal when it comes to off the mat rehabilitation. So Olivia is such a powerful force in the movement industry in the health and wellness space. Her online presence is truly so genuine. It is refreshing and honest. She shares her journey. She has an online program and platform. She is kind of a boss hustler. She does it all. So I invited her onto the show today just to share her journey, her experience, and to help guide you in your movement journey, in your health and wellness journey. So let's get her onto the episode. This is one of my favorite conversations to date, so I hope you guys enjoy. Olivia, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you on today. Let's dive right in. So give the listeners some insight as to what you do and how that is separate from who you are. So what I do, (laughs) I do quite a few things. Uh, I am a registered massage therapist, trainer, and I'm actually just finishing my yoga teacher training right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also do holistic nutrition coaching uh, mm-hmm. with women specifically. And I I don't know. I think it's pretty much who who I am. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I've been really lucky to be able to mm-hmm. let my my passions kind of drive where my career is going if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but yeah so I've I've been uh kind of in the health and wellness space for for quite a few years now and I'm kind of just flowing with what feels like the most purposeful or what feels good for me kind Mm -hmm. of at each stage that I'm going through Mm. and is there is there a moment or a time in your life where you felt the health and wellness industry was like your calling. Have you always kind of felt like that growing up? Were you, did you have influence there? Well, I've always played sports growing up. Mm. And in my last year of high school, I remember getting those pamphlets on universities and what are you going to do after school? And I saw something for human kinetics and I thought, wow, a program about healthy living and sports. Like that sounds awesome. Mm. So that's kind of, I guess, the first direction I took or initiative I took was taking my undergrad in kin. And then throughout that, just learning so much about health in so many different areas. It's it's an amazing program and it's definitely like a stepping stone degree. Mm-hmm. But I learned so much, so many basics about um, health and wellness. And then from that, I was able to branch further and get deeper into different areas of health that I felt called to, or I think that were relevant to me in my life at the time. Like first I became a trainer because I was super into working out and I wanted to stay healthy after 
you know, your metabolism starts to slow when you're mm. leaving high school. And then, you know, led me into massage therapy and wanting to have a more, um, like stable career, um, something that I could work with insurance, especially being in a government town. And mm. then lastly into, um, holistic coaching, nutrition coaching, which is kind of, um, I would say half of what I do now. Mm. And I'm kind of going to throw this at you here. You, you do a lot of different types of, um, or practice a lot of different types of holistic health. And I feel like, especially in this industry, we're often told, I mean, you're your own boss, typically, you're an entrepreneur. We're kind of told like, find one niche, like find one thing and kind of push that. And I personally have never responded well to that. I kind of like the diversity of everything that I do. How do you find that all of these different threads, even coming from a more like athletic background, um, and then into, you know, RMT, um, nutrition, strength coaching, how do you find that these all blend together to make like a system that really works well for you? I think it works. I think they all combine and work well together because there's nothing about health that is singular. Like there's no Mm. one aspect of health that if you just work on this, you're going to achieve what you've been looking for. Mm. And I think traditionally that was my understanding of it. And so the more that I learned, oh, well, I've now mastered this one thing, but I don't feel overall healthy Mm. I started to look elsewhere and realize that it's kind of like multifaceted in a way that there's so many little pieces to the puzzle that Mm. all work together to create like a healthy and balanced lifestyle Mm. so I think I've kind of allowed myself and similar to you like I've just that's never really been my thing I I find I (laughs) I get bored easily Mm. so I like the fact that my job has so many different moving parts to it and I get to help people in different ways And I think, you know, building my business in a way that I think can help, I would almost say like the lowest hanging fruit for a lot of different health, um, basic health things Mm -hmm. has, has been great because then you can help so many more people. And then once, if they're realizing they need to specialize or if they need more help in a specific area, then yes, you can you know, seek out a practitioner that can, can go a little bit deeper and further in that area. But for what I love doing, I really love like a more holistic approach to different areas. Cause I think that gives you a good foundation and good control over, um, the health that you give yourself. Mm. And in your journey, maybe professionally, or maybe this is more personal, what would you say was your biggest moment of wreckage to wisdom? I, I think that moment for me would be in my last year of university, I was working not a little part-time at a restaurant waitressing till extremely late at night. Mm. Um, I was in internships in school. I was just really burning the candle at both ends in a lot of areas. And at the same time, I felt like I just didn't want to be on birth control anymore. Mm. And so I talked to my doctor and came off of it, despite every doctor telling me just to stay on. I just didn't feel like myself. So I went off. And I think the combination of being burnt out and like really pushing myself 
more than I needed to. And on top of that massive hormonal change, Mm. I felt like I completely lost control over my health. I was just like all kinds of areas, gut health issues. I wasn't sleeping super well. I was working out like an hour and a half a day and not seeing any results. Like there was just so many little things that became intolerant to certain foods that I'd never been. And so like that really shook me because my identity was someone who was healthy and I didn't know why I couldn't help myself. Mm-hmm. And then I honestly, I, I did seek out so much um, different practitioners to help in different areas, like the specialized areas. Like I went to dermatologists for my skin. I went to my family doctor and asked to get different, you know, tests done to see what was going on. And I wasn't really getting any help and I was meeting so much resistance. And then And my mom has always said to me, like, you have to be your own best advocate. Like, no one cares more about your body than you. Mm. So I just kind of had to figure it out for myself. And I did tons of research. I connected with other healthcare professionals in the space, went to naturopaths, eventually found a naturopath in Sydney, Australia. Mm. I did not fly there for him, but we had a Zoom call. And I got some tests done and got some more information. And after probably about two years of doing all this like research and stuff on my own, I eventually kind of sorted things out. Mm -hmm. And so if anything, that insanely confusing, dark time of like a sense of loss of control over my health Mm -hmm. eventually brought me around to what I now created my body balance program. So Mm -hmm. It came out on the other side great. So I would Mm. say like that was my moment of like wisdom and ability now to share that with others. But had I not gone through that hard time and that confusing area, I don't think I would be in the place I am now. But I figured honestly, if there was so many, if I who was actually studying in the health field and I would like to think I'm well-educated and I'm a very outgoing and person can advocate for myself I had such a hard time trying to receive help and answers I can't imagine how many other women are experiencing the same thing so that's why Mm. I like to that's how I got into the holistic health coaching essentially Mm. and uh, that's I'm just like I you're right there's a resonance there because something you said about not being in or not feeling like you're in control of your own health, of your own body and doing everything that you've been taught or researched or told uh, you should be doing to get yourself back to feeling good and feeling like you don't know how, or you don't have direction can be so exhausting and so frustrating and really disempowering. I I think the one thing that I always come back to in that is we know our bodies the best. And it's so hard when you're trying to explain to someone like, you know, whether it's a weight thing or whether it's an aesthetic thing or whether it's just a feeling, it's like, I just don't feel like I know I should feel. And that's such a hard position to then bring that to, you know, a doctor or an ND or someone who, who is not understanding or is trying to say like, oh, but you look fine. Or, oh, that's a healthy weight for where you're at, or just kind of lump you into this, like, you know, this like statistical standard or something like that. So a roundabout way of asking what kept you going in the pursuit of, no, I do not feel 
good or I don't feel okay. This is not it. I know that there's more like what? Cause two years is a long time to be going through that. What kept you going? I think I would, I would like to think, honestly, I've always been an intuitive person. Mm. And I think as a society, we train people out of their intuition. Mm. Um, and I, there is just some deep knowing that I knew that there was a reason why my body was reacting this way. Mm. And it's not just because I was born this way. Like the symptoms weren't enough to be like some idiopathic disease that I was Mm. like just finding out about. These Mm. are really common things. And so I just kept have this feeling where I know that modern medicine is amazing in so many ways for acute care and, I'm so thankful for that, but the system isn't built to help people with chronic issues or especially um, women. Like I know on average, it takes someone who has endometriosis and other, uh, you know, any kind of reproductive health issues on average, seven years to be diagnosed because the system just isn't set up for that um, to be helping women of reproductive age. So I just, there was something deep down in me that knew like, okay, if humans could have survived this far in human history and evolution without modern medicine being developed. I mean, like it was developed like recent, more recently, if you think of the grand scheme of things. I'm like, there must be a way that I can help myself without having to rely on medication because yes, that might help my symptoms now, but it's not addressing or solving my root problem. Mm. And I was okay with, pursuing trying failing trying failing or not failing but learning Mm. until I got my answer because I didn't want a quick fix if I wanted a quick fix I could have just you know taken some medication gone back on birth control and it would have gone back to whatever that baseline normal is until until what point when I wanted to start a family maybe and then it would be an even bigger issue right Mm. so I just felt like I have the I have the capacity and I have the time and I'm willing to kind of ride it out. And there were some points where I, I wanted to give up a hundred percent. I would just come home crying and exhausted. And I actually had an experience where I went to, um, someone was filling in for my family doctor and he was a young guy. And I was explaining to him like, Hey, I'd really love to get like a baseline of where my hormones are at and some just basic health things. Like I hadn't done a blood test in a long time. Mm -hmm. And he straight up told me you're a young, healthy female. There's no need for getting tests. And I was kind of pushing saying, no, like I'd like to get some done. And he straight up told me that I was stealing from the government's purse Mm -hmm. and yeah, like refused to give me blood tests. And I like lost it. I was just like, when will I be sick enough to receive healthcare that I pay for mm-hmm. that I'm part of? <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, I really gave it to him because I was just frustrated at that point. Like it wasn't easy going through this over two years. And that's, and that's why like I love the program that I created because I am trying to streamline a lot of the shittiness that I went through mm-hmm. um, for women. So they're at least able to go to their healthcare practitioners and say, Hey, listen, I've already done X, Y, Z. Now let's go from here kind of thing. And what might you say to someone who 
is currently experiencing a similar situation to what you were, what is a a piece of advice maybe, or a starting point that you might recommend? I would say start being consistent with, um, I call them the five pillars of health, but they're um, how you nourish your body, how you sleep, how you move your body, um, your community and support system, and then your mental health. Like Mm -hmm. try to get clear and consistent on these five basic areas of your life. And then you can start to recognize patterns. Mm. It's like, okay, I know that I I don't have any issues with my eating and I'm moving my body every day or, you know, what feels good for you during the week Mm. and it's your sleeping. Okay, well, then maybe that's an area you dive deeper into and Mm. trying to without consistency in your health patterns, you can't start to see what the the right limiting step is. Mm. And then also just. Like, don't give up on yourself. If you think something doesn't feel right, keep pursuing, keep finding someone who will listen, someone who will try to understand you because you know your body the best. If you Mm. don't feel right, there's a good reason for it. And just keep searching and trying to find maybe someone that aligns, like someone who practices health that aligns with you and where you're at. Mm. Amazing. And I just wanted to mention quickly. I also speak with a lot of women. I'm also in the health and wellness industry. And unfortunately, sometimes you hear the dialogue, like I can't afford it, or I can't make the time for it or whatever it is. And I just think it's so important. Like the biggest shift for me was seeing my health, my body as like my biggest investment. So it's like, you know, not thinking about even your food as like, oh, this is too expensive or this, you know, seeing this ND or going on this program or paying for a coach, like these are investments in yourself. And arguably that's your biggest and best investment, you know? No, a hundred percent. And actually one thing that I remember seeing with some posts on Instagram and they were kind of relating, oh, like an extra hundred dollars for groceries this week. Absolutely not. And then, but then it would say, oh, dinner out, drinks uber ride home with friends for sure mm-hmm. and then it would just be like um new skincare line at sephora absolutely fifty dollar gym membership hell no and it was just like going on in these comparisons like, oh my god and like i for sure have done that like i wouldn't mm-hmm. think twice about dropping money on a new pair of lulus but then when I think about having a yoga membership, that's a hundred dollars a month. I'm like, Ooh, that's a little steep. You know? So mm-hmm. even I have to check myself on certain things. And like one, one, uh, I was listening to a podcast and she said in there, look at your visa statement. If you want to figure out truly where your priorities lie, look <laughs> at your credit card statement and see where you mm. value your money. Because mm. wherever you value your money is where you value your time. Mm. And that I was like, holy shit! <laughs> Looking there, I'm like, oh my god. Really Perspective. Food, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And if everything ended tomorrow, what's one thing you'd regret not doing? And the other side of that, what's one thing you'd be proud of leaving behind? Oh, one thing that I would regret is. So before the pandemic hit, I just in January, I was actually January 2020, I was 
in Australia and Bali actually for the whole month of January. Mm. And it was amazing. And I'm so thankful for that. And I actually put my deposit down for my yoga teacher training at Mm. a place in Bali. And I went to check it out while I was there and everything. And I was so excited. It was going to be October, 2020. Mm-hmm. Little did I know <laughs> the pandemic was coming and hit. And and that's fine. Obviously, you can't control things like this. And I waited it out for a while, but it's something that I've been really wanting to do for so long. So I eventually did the online option through the same company mm-hmm. and just transferred over my deposit. But I would really regret not having done it sooner or made the leap to do it sooner. I think mm-hmm. part of me that held me back from doing it sooner was I don't know just this idea that well would I be working in a job that I didn't go in a traditional school with Mm. and thinking like here I here I've done seven years of schooling and yet imagine I just did yoga teacher training right out of high school and I could have been practicing for like almost a decade of Mm. something that I'm super passionate and have always loved Mm. so I don't know I was just kind of almost weirdly conflicted and it kind of held me back and I realized, oh, I could, I guess I could make more money doing other things. And even though I loved it so much, so I wish and I would regret not doing it sooner mm-hmm. and like getting that opportunity to go to Bali. And may, I still probably maybe can if things don't end tomorrow, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I would regret not doing it sooner, I think, or just following something that I was passionate about. And I shouldn't mm-hmm. have second guessed or hesitated based on what other people would say or think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then proud of leaving behind. I I think I'm proud would be proud of leaving behind like my my business and my practice. I I really love doing massage mm. and I really love teaching people about health. And I feel like the people I've had the opportunity to work with this far have been so grateful for our um, engagement that I, I think I would be really proud of how I was able to help people, even if it was just something really small or a perspective shift. Mm. I think I'd be, uh, I'd be proud of that. Mm. And can you sort of map out because you have all these facets of what you do, like you've got this, uh, online program that you run, you do RMT, you do PT, you're quite active on your social media. So can you kind of paint us a picture of what like an average week looks like for you like where are you dedicating time for each of these um parts of your business yeah it's it's honestly been a work in progress (laughs) (laughs) some some weeks are absolutely insane and I need to check myself because I've you know been pushing too much or Mm. I think for me like in an ideal week it would I treat I do massage therapy every day, five days a week. Mm. Um, but I cap myself at no more than three to four people. Well, like four people a day, mm-hmm. just mainly because I can't give, if I see any more people, I can't give the same energy level to each person. Mm. So I try to have either blocks in the morning or alternating afternoons throughout the week that I will work. Um, for 2021 I've been doing Monday three days a week at home at my home-based practice and then two days a week at a physio and sport medicine clinic so I will PT and massage there and then I just massage at my home uh, location Mm -hmm. 
And then in the other blocks, I will do my um, holistic coaching for clients. So I kind of stagger it that way. So half my day will be massage and training and the other half will be my um, health coaching clients. And I kind of swap between those. Mm. And at night I would do, I'll do courses or extra little things that I, uh, that I'm looking for, but it's exciting because I get to kind of pick and direct where I want mm. my weeks and months to go. And yeah, it's, it's a good mix. I'm always refining it because I feel like, you know, there'll be busy times. I have a lot of friends that have birthdays in the, mm. in July. So my July months of working look a little bit different and are scheduled differently than <laughs> um, maybe the fall, which is honestly a really great part of being an entrepreneur is you can mm. have that flexibility to kind of decide what your weeks and days will look like. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious as well for your social media platforms, do you find being in the health industry I find it can be challenging to not only maintain a presence, but to sort of filter the narrative around body image, what we're offering, how we're moving. Like, how do you feel in the online world in terms of the content you're generating? Like, how you kind of fit in that? And then, how do you separate a little bit from? I don't know if you experienced this at all, but maybe like that comparison or that, am I sharing the right thing? Is this okay? You're, you know, I feel like you're pretty open on there. Yeah, I feel definitely a lot of pressure, Mm. not just from social media, but just as well, because my business is both in person and online. Mm. And I feel like my identity for so long has been like, a healthy friend or <laughs> um, the, um, like someone that uh, people look up to or can ask questions to for, you know, valuable information on health and wellness and training. And mm. I do find, especially with social media and, you know, everyone is basically like a fitness person online these days. <laughs> um, I, I definitely feel pressured that, I'll be, you you see people who have an incredible body, maybe not as much educational background, but they'll get Mm. insane engagement and follows and things like that. And while I don't attribute, you know, true success to those things, it's just, it's hard not to see you working so hard and grinding in your business and trying to be educated on, you know, so many fronts, Mm. but not see the same um, business success or results. And then, and it's hard not to think, well, is it because, you know, I don't look this way or because Mm. I don't post this way and things like that. So I definitely do feel that pressure. And, um, I actually saw a post recently and I, I reposted on my story about, um, a trainer from Australia, her saying she's also, you know, been a trainer for a bunch of years and, you know, she struggles with body image all the time. And I feel like a lot of people think, oh, just because you're a trainer, you work in the health health and wellness space that you don't have any struggles with your body or working Mm. out must be easy. You know, there's all these narratives that they place on you, which really aren't true. And I'm Mm. just like every other person. (laughs) I, you know, have to force myself to do cardio. I have to, you know, I have weeks where I will crush a bag of salt and vinegar chips for dinner. And I'm like, don't feel good after that. (laughs) I shouldn't do that again, you know? (laughs) 
So I just feel like sometimes there's a pressure that you have to perform and be at this standard for people to see you as successful or mm. um, credible. But I'm constantly working on not like playing into that or allowing myself to sit in those negative thought loops because I know that's not true. And I would never let one of my clients see their body as being their worth. Mm. So I just have to check myself on that too sometimes. Mm. Amazing. And what's one lie you believed about yourself for too long? I I think it would honestly play off of what we just talked about. I think I I think I thought for a really long time that unless I looked a certain way, I could never be a trainer. Mm. I think I used to hold myself back on you know, you have ebbs and flows in your, in your health journey. And if I didn't feel lean enough, if I didn't feel confident, I I wouldn't take on clients. Mm. And I think I told myself that why would someone trust me to be a trainer if I don't look like I have an eight pack at all times, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that was a lie that I believed. Mm. And I think yeah, I'm and as I said that that's something that definitely in the last 2 years I've been like way better with. Mm. Um but I still still working to kind of re- rewrite or unlearn some of that and know that like those who find me valuable are not coming to me because of how I look, but what I offer them instead. Mm. Yes, I want to dig a little bit more into this for a moment because personally I know I was I was very sick um in April and it lasted several weeks and we actually had a phone call about about you know my situation and how I was feeling and I resonate with this almost like this I'm trying to get back to how I felt at a different period of my life. I feel like when we're going through something or our body is changing or our hormones are changing, especially being in the health industry and there are people looking at you. And as you said, your body is almost like your selling point. It feels like, like, well, if they can do that and if they look like that, that's kind of what I want. So you feel this pressure and I feel on top of the pressure, this desire to, as I said, to get back to a certain place and it's really hard to drop that narrative and and think like okay well maybe it's not about getting back somewhere maybe it's about just moving forward in the best way that i can with the new information that i now have so what maybe yeah like what might you say to someone a trainer or someone you know just you know that that this isn't their work um to view our bodies or to separate, I guess, this pressure, this need to look a certain way, to perform a certain way. And how, how do you, I guess, maybe check yourself and what advice might you give on how we can continue to move forward and let go a little bit of, of, you know, how your body looks? Cause I also, sorry, this is a long question, but I also feel like I look back at photos, let's say for, you know, before I was sick and I'm like, Oh, I look so good there. But when I was there, in that photo, I still was trying to get somewhere else. So I actually had a friend recently mention that to me, you know, she's like, well, you keep saying you kind of want to get back to how you were, but like, 
when you were there, did you feel like you were like in your optimal? And I was like, no, it's not only until I'm on the other side of it. It's like retrospectively, I'm like looking back like, ah, that, that I actually was great. I was moving well and I looked good, you know, but we almost don't appreciate it in the moment. I read, uh, it was from the Gabby Bernstein Mm -hmm. new books and she was saying we live in a in an addictive society chasing achievements Mm. and so we're always going goal to goal to goal to goal instead of ever pausing to reflect on the achievements of that goal before moving on to the next Mm. and I think you know as a society we we don't value our bodies for having experienced something Um, instead we're always kind of thinking, oh, I used to look this way or I could look this way in the future instead of Mm. thinking like appreciating what your body does for you. Right. You know, Mm. like, do I feel strong? Like what are the qualities that I want in my body to feel Mm. good? Mm. And it's to feel strong, to be able to wake up and move the way that I want every day, pain free to eat food that fuels me and tastes good. But during the moment, unless you're being present like that, I feel like it's so easy to kind of skip over it and only, you know, look to where you you think that you, your end goal will be. Mm-hmm. And actually, one thing that I do to check myself when I keep having these like goals or I feel like I'm never reaching is, will this or and I say this to clients too when I think of oh like if I only I have a lot of clients if I just lost that ten pounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm always saying like, okay, so let's say you lose the 10 pounds. Are you a better person for it? Mm-hmm. Are you showing up for your friends, your family, the people in your life better when you're 10 pounds lighter or than you are right now? Yes or no? And the answer is usually, well, probably like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, are you going to financially benefit and ease other parts of your life by losing 10 pounds? And probably not. So it's like, does reaching this goal actually align with who you are and your integrity and who you are as a person and your purpose here? If it doesn't, then like maybe we need to let go of holding so tightly onto that, you know? And yeah. And just lastly here, I wanted to mention, I also feel it's a little bit of an unpopular opinion, but on the other side of that is, when you are feeling good in your body and consistent in your eating and your, you know, your workouts, your training, and you are seeing like aesthetic results that, that are kind of lifting you up and making you feel like, okay, like I'm moving in a good direction or I'm moving in the direction that I want. I also think it's important to, you know, celebrate yourself for reaching or, or getting to a place that allows you to feel like you're best self and show up. And I, and I just wanted to mention that, you know, it is okay to have goals that you want to look a certain way, or you want to, I think the idea maybe is just to shift the attachment to that. All like, you know, you should be in a place where, yeah, where you love what you're doing and how you're feeling separate from the result, but the result is kind of a byproduct of you taking care of yourself, for example. Exactly. And like, that's how I try to word it to a lot of my clients as well. Like, Mm. yes, we all want, you know, to look a certain way and feel a certain way. But a lot of times our motivations are extrinsic. Mm. And when we shift to more intrinsic motivation, where I work out because 
it is so clearing for my mind. It mm. starts my day on such a good note. I mm. am awake. I feel alive. I've got blood pumping in my body. And there's all these other reasons that I've shifted into why I work mm. out and why I eat healthy. And then mm. the byproduct of those and just the side effect is that your body, you know, transforms and, and, and you feel and you look good. So that's like a bonus. But until you get that shift, it's hard to, it's harder to maintain that level of, of drive, I think. Mm, yes. The intrinsic. I love that. And what is your definition of connection? My definition of connection, I think would be the, like an unspoken energy between people. Mm. Because I think you can meet people and then you can connect with people. Mm. And I think they're different. Mm. And I think when you connect with someone, it's almost like as if you, the feeling where you've known them for longer or when you leave the conversation more uplifted than when you walked into it. Mm. And I think that to me is, is connection. Yeah. This, it's something that you can't quite put your finger on it. And you're like, I don't know what it was about that person, but I feel unreal after that. And I really want to see them again, or I can't wait to hang out or have a chat with them again. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Definitely. And would you say it's, it's a mutual, you're both experiencing it. You're both open to experiencing it. Yes, I think, I think so. I also think sometimes if someone who, has a bit of a lower vibe than the other. Mm. They can feel connected because they want, they're drawn to that, mm. that higher vibe or that energy. Mm. So I think sometimes it can be like a misunderstood connection in a sense. Mm. But I think like true connection is when, yeah, when two people are vibing at the same frequency and they're, you can just tell your, like your ideas are, are blowing off each other and mm. you've got, you know, some kind of surge in you. Mm. And I've, I I actually noticed that quite a bit um, in massage therapy, especially like just, and I'm sure with training for you too, when you have that one-on-one connect or like time with people, Mm. you can really feed off their energy. And there's a hundred percent, some kind of energy transfer there between people. Sometimes you leave and you're kind of like, whoa, that was a, that was a crazy long day. And then sometimes (laughs) you had just as many people, but you leave feeling incredible and fulfilled and um just more energy than when you walked in I was going to ask you that yeah your how that sort of presents itself in your work the connection piece and how yeah that can elevate you but it can also sometimes it can drain you a little bit and do you find you have any sort of like not a protection mechanism but I call it my like little shield you know sometimes if I don't know as as maybe something is happening in your life and it's, is taking a little bit more energy, you kind of have to show up for work and maybe you have to, you know, shield a little bit or protect a little bit so that you can kind of get through what you've got to get through because it is also a lot of energy out. Well, I don't, I honestly, this is something that I, I don't even know. I've for sure not mastered it. Yes. I'm I'm a very, I find caring, giving person. Mm. And I, throughout the pandemic has been so 
draining from a therapy perspective Mm. because oftentimes I'm the only other person that people are seeing Mm. like outside of their family. Mm -hmm. And so people would really take that opportunity to kind of use it as also like, um, not just physical therapy, but Mm. you know, like a mindset reset and someone to kind of unload on, which is okay. I wouldn't say it's always necessarily welcomed, but Mm. you know, when someone I can see is struggling, like I really want, I have this urge to make people feel better and feel comfortable and loved and Mm. heard and seen. And so when I, I don't know how to turn that off sometimes in sessions. Mm. And I think because massage is, you know, such a close service where you're, there's not many times in today's society where you get someone's full undivided attention without technology or any disruptions. Mm. So I have a full hour of sometimes just no talking. And then sometimes people really want to chat things out with me. Mm. And so I find like that in itself can be really draining is me constantly giving, helping physically and mentally to them. Mm. So I, I do need, that's something that, you know, one of my goals I'm always trying to work on is how can I give, but not give everything? Because mm. then I find at the end of the day, I'm pretty exhausted and it definitely has affected, um, you know, some of my relationships because that night I'm absolutely gassed and I just don't (laughs) have the capacity to help and be there for my friends because I've just done it all day for my patients. Mm. So it's definitely something that I need to find a better balance towards, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it can definitely be intense. But then there's times where I leave my day and I've just had the most met the most amazing people and have felt that insane energy connection. Mm. And it's, you know the balance to reminder of like wow I love I love what I do and I love that I have this opportunity to help people in this way Mm, I love that and before we let you go how can the listeners connect with you outside of this episode do you have anything up up and coming do you have anything you kind of want to share um well I actually just finish launching my new website i actually rebranded to the body balance studio mm-hmm. so my new website's up and i have a list of all of my services and offerings and um i run every two months every eight weeks i do um a launch for group holistic group coaching mm-hmm. so i've got a new launch coming up in november so i'm mm-hmm. starting to stockpile anyone who's interested and then I will kind of let them know the exact date and times Mm. so definitely if anyone is interested in learning more about that you can check out my website it's thebodybalancestudio.com um and yeah that's pretty much like the the biggest thing that's going on right now I love that and I've seen a bunch of the photos they look so good It's so exciting. It's weird being in front of the camera on that aspect mm. and not like teaching something. Mm-hmm. I feel you. But yes, I just wanted to like commend you for all that you do. Your presence online is so refreshing. It just is so genuine and honest. And you can just tell that you're you're a fellow hustler and the work you do is so needed, especially in support of us women. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was honestly so, I love getting to chat health and wellness with people. It's definitely, definitely a big passion and a huge part of who I am. So thank you. I love it. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we will connect soon. Amazing. 
Bye. Bye. And that wraps up another episode with Olivia. Thank you guys so much for being here, for tuning in, for all the show notes, for links. You can just check out right below this episode. If you want to reach out, share anything that really resonated with you. If you want to share this episode, I would love that. We're now hosted on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. So let's keep sharing and spreading these conversations about connection. We will see you next time. Stay connected.